Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. Nothing lacking, nothing broken, all restored, all functioning as it should. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. The Lord is here to bless us this morning. And I think it's so powerful that there's a prayer that we can pray, that we can declare, and it actually sets the name of God upon us. He marks us with his name. And when we carry his name, as we're marked with his name, this also speaks to us bearing his image. Like when you look at money, you know, and there's a mark and there's an image on there. Well, for us, In this blessing, God sets his name upon us. And in doing that, he himself blesses us. And we carry his image. You know, in the old world and antiquity, and even the enemies of Israel, when they would worship their other gods, they would always make these images, these graven images. You know, you think about the, Second commandment, make no graven image of Yahweh. Because all the other nations and peoples around them, they had their gods, their lesser gods, their demons. And what they would do is they would make an image, they would make a graven image of that God. And they knew that the image itself didn't have any life. It couldn't speak or hear or anything like that. But here's what they did do. They would actually set the mark or the name of their God upon the forehead of the image. And then they would pray. And they believed that when they prayed, the presence and the power of the deity would come into the image into the statue and therefore they would gather around that image and it was, it was like a conduit, so to speak, in how they worship their God. We know you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And what God was saying is, God's saying, look, I don't need a statue or a graven image. You know why? Because I have a people, I have, a, I have living imagers 
So when, 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 when Moses, when they said this to the children of Israel, can you imagine what they were thinking with their knowledge of the other nations and idols? And they're thinking, while we're, God's, God's gonna bring his power to us, we're gonna bear his name, we are gonna bear his image. So I wanna speak this in faith over us right now at all of our locations. And I I want you to know what a tremendous privilege that it is to bear God's image. We were created in his image through sin and corruption. Now that image is distorted, but I'm telling you through the blood of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, And it's one of the things that God's doing in restoring the priesthood of the believer. We're all priests and a priest bears his image. So I wanna speak this over us right now. I want you to receive this. I'm gonna speak this blessing over us. And I believe that in this blessing, you, you receive it by faith. You have to understand how power, God is here. He's here to bless you. He's here to set his name upon you that you would bear his image so that his power, you're the conduit. Come on, people gather around you. When they gather around you, it's not to worship you. Come on, it's because they feel the love and the favor of God. That's why when you, listen, when you go into play, it doesn't matter how the, the atmosphere of whatever's out in the world, that shouldn't change you. You should change it. Because the real image pair just walked in this room. I want you to receive this. You ready? We talked about this last week. This is the, The Hebrew letter for God's name, Shaddai, the sheen. I'm gonna speak this over you. I want you to receive it right now. The Lord's blessing you. I'm not blessing you. The Lord himself is blessing you. Receive this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace give you shalom, give you wholeness, give you completeness, give you favor, give you power, give you healing. When you carry his name, you carry his authority. God is, is God's speaking to some of you You've, you've, you've despised his authority. You have put too much stock in your situation or in your circumstances. God said, you're going out of here today with his name. You're carrying his image and he, he gives you, you have his authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go. We're gonna finish this year strong. Yeah? Amen. I'm gonna ask everyone to be seated. I wanna, I wanna just continue in this 
flow and I want to at all of our lo locations just stay, stay seated give me about seven or eight minutes here and then we'll move on with the service don't, don't mess with the lights I don't want to be spotlighted don't, don't mess with me I'm very comfortable up here Mark 12, 17 on the screen. I wanna share, you know, we have a few more weekends uh, this year. We have a next Sunday, which by the way, next Sunday, the 23rd, that's not our Christmas services. That's just a regular, awesome God encounter Sunday service, okay? <laughs> and, uh, our, our, our Christmas services are on Christmas Eve only this year. It's gonna be a powerful uh, communion service. I need to remind you of that, but we have a few weeks. And what, what I want us to focus on, church, is I want us to focus on, on finishing strong, on, on follow through. I don't want any of us to take things into next year let, let's close those things out this year so we're set up next year in a really strong way um, because next year, if you thought this past year was a banner year, get ready for next year. It's, it's just, I, I don't have any words right now. We can talk about that later. But the three things, what I want to talk to you about, you know, just for a few minutes today before we get into to the message, I, I want to talk to you about giving, finishing strong in that area. And then of course, next week uh, with that Sunday, um, and we're going to be giving you a real special gift, how to have a, 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 a Sabbath uh, dinner in your home over the holidays with your family and serve communion. We're giving you a prayer book. We're giving you the guide. We'll give you have a great gift for you next Sunday. But then I want us to close out with forgiveness, just making sure we've forgiven everybody that we need to. Can I have a good amen to that? I don't, I don't want to take that into next year. I feel there's an anointing on following through and closing things out. Yeah where we finish this year strong in, in the area of giving, in the area of f forgiveness. And then also for some of you, the, the area of water baptism. Some of you, um, whether you've fallen away from God or, or you've never really been water baptized, you, you don't want, th these are covenantal things for the people of God. And so you don't wanna just bring that into next year, that type of unfinished sacred act there. And so we'll be focusing on that as we get into uh, the year end as well. But let me just talk about giving for a moment. Look what Jesus said. So they're, they're trying to trick him here. And they're saying, should we pay taxes to Caesar? You know, and look what Jesus said. It says, Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's and they marveled at him. They marveled at him. In other words, they're showing him this money. It has the image of Caesar on it. It has the image of an earthly king on it. 
And what Jesus says is, look, give to Caesar what Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. And my question is, what I wanna make sure of, do we have tithes, offerings, things that are God's that we're holding on to right now. And what I would strongly encourage you to do is to make sure whether it's your tithe, whether it's your offering, many of us turned in cards for a heart for the house offering, those kind of things. I want you to make sure before the end of the year, if there's something that you have that belongs to God, you need to make sure and render that unto God. Can I have a good amen? It doesn't belong to the town center. It doesn't belong to Visa. It doesn't belong to Target. It doesn't belong to taxes. There are things for that, but God, what belongs to God is God's. And as priests who bear his image, it's very, very important that we follow through with that, amen? This is about, watch, this is once again, it's about sacred space. The tithe is a sacred portion, just like we've been talking about the Sabbath. That's a sacred space. The altar is a sacred space. The tithe, the Bible says it's holy, it's sacred, it's set apart unto God. It belongs to God. And then when you designate an offering to Him, guess what? That belongs to God. It's sacred. It is holy. And those things, just like we learned last week when we saw basically all the ills of society and with what's going on in our youth are direct result from not having a family table in our home where God comes and ministers wholeness to us, which is what happens on the Sabbath, we see that there's basically this curse in society. Well, God says the same thing about other sacred spaces or sacred portions that belong to him. Look at this in in uh, Malachi. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Look what God says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food. Where? In my house. Is this God's house? Do you see what this is? Once again, what's this about? Family and sacred space. We have all of our money that we spend all of our stuff on, but watch, just like our services, God has his special place in the family where he's honored and he's not treated as common. Listen, your money, you don't treat the tithe the same way you treat that as any other 10% of your money or what you give to the town center. You're not paying a bill to God. Do you see? This is about lordship. This is about, are you a ruler or a steward? Priest or stewards? We can't dictate, oh, I'm just gonna change that. Well, I'm just gonna, we can't do it. No, we, we, as it is in heaven, this is what God says. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna arrange my life and, and my giving and, and things like that where I'm steward, stewarding the lordship of Jesus in my life. Look what it says. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house 
And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. There's the open heaven when the sacred space of tithes and offerings is followed through on. The reason that there's this curse that comes with not giving to God what is God's in tithes and offerings is because just like the Sabbath, just like these other things that we're learning about, it's a sacred, in other words, there's no neutral with it. How you handle it is gonna affect you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not like God's up there going, bringing judgment or cursing you. It's just when you hold on to what is God's, there's a negative effect that happens in your life. He loves you, there's grace, there's mercy, there's all that, but God's not gonna change his mind. He's not gonna redo his righteous ways. He's not gonna change the patterns of heaven or anything else. It is what it is. So watch, this is where we're trying to get as a church. We're trying to get that we take responsibility as being priests unto our God. Can I have a good amen for that? We, we, wanna, we wanna do the right thing, okay? Let me say one more thing. Malachi 1, six through eight. We talked about this. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, Where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, we're not gonna be these kind of priests. O priest who despise my name, you're treating me as common. You're treating me like anybody else. You're treating me like the town center or a friend that you'd bring a, an offering to. They're, they're bringing him like these deformed offerings. It's like they're leftovers. You say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. They were unclean gifts and you know all those sacrificial animals and things like that. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that, look, the Lord's table may be what? Or common, it's, it's like everything else, okay? Listen, I want us to finish strong and I want you to go into next year, man, following through with the favor and blessing of God that he has deposited in our church this year so that you are set up next year to, do you see? It matters how you finish, it matters. So watch this, here's what I wanna do. Um, a bunch of us filled out these cards for Heart for the House. Yeah, on what we're gonna give. Remember I said, this is not a pledge. This is what you're gonna give. I know there's a bunch of other cards out there. Watch this. If you put down a number that wasn't God, okay? Or something happened, you made a mistake and you spent it or whatever you did. I wanna clean that up right now. I wanna come out of that miscommitment or anything like that. Can I have a good amen? I want mercy and forgiveness. Okay, um, and there's cards in your seat if you wanna hear from God and drop in a new one, okay? If God told you the number 
and, and you just need to follow through on that number, then we need to follow through, okay? This is not because there's a whole bunch of cards that haven't come in. Most of them have. This is because I care about each and every individual in this church and I don't wanna set this precedent that these things are common. I don't wanna set this precedent that your tithe is, 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 is common. I wanna set a precedent that it's a new day for you that you're gonna walk under an open heaven, that you're gonna have an authority and bear the image of God. Can I have an amen? But we have to take responsibility and do the things that we need to do, okay? Well, still, well, what about grace and mercy? There's tons of that. This has nothing to do with heaven. It has nothing to do with God loving you. But this has everything to do with you stepping into authority, with you seeing the shalom in your home and on your business and on your employment and getting raises and getting promoted and having the power of God in your life, amen? So let's just pray right now. And remember, we have these boxes everywhere that you can give. We don't even take, we don't pass bugs, we don't even take up offerings in this church because I don't believe that you either get it or you don't. Amen? You either, you either get it or, 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 or you don't, okay? And if it's not in here, then you just need to get that revelation. And boy, when you get it, you will, you will get it. Amen. But I'm just believing, I'm gonna, just bow our heads, I'm gonna pray. And I, I want us to, I'm just gonna pray a prayer of repentance. Father, we just come right now as your priest. Lord, we're not gonna be a priesthood that treats you as common and that treats your sacred or holy things as common. So Lord, for all of us in here today that, that have withheld what belongs to you in tithes or offerings, we repent of that. And Lord, we ask for mercy. And we thank you that you give us mercy. We've confessed that sin and you're faithful and just to forgive us that sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, Lord, there's three weeks to the rest of this year. And I pray, not back tithing, anything like that, but I pray, Lord, we have an opportunity to be faithful in the tithe, give what belongs to you and finish this year strong. And Lord, our offerings that we've put down on those cards for those of us that haven't given or those that just haven't given yet, we have an opportunity to follow through on that. Or if we made a mistake in the number we wrote down, we ask you to forgive us for that and, and show us right now what to give. We, we just need you to tell us what to give. What is yours in our finances? And we will render that unto you. We just thank you for all, the, all your goodness and all your mercy. Lord, you are our Father and we honor you. You are our Master and we fear you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, can you give God a hand clap? Huh? Whew. Is that okay? Is it, I need to be able to, I'm talking to y'all just like I would talk to my kids. You're not my kids. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just, I, we've gotta, I want every, I believe next year, I believe the encounter that I had with the Lord at Passover, 
I believe next year, I'm not saying exactly that type of encounter. I believe next year, every single one that's walking in this priesthood of the believer, every single person is gonna start having encounters like that. You know why? Because you go from being just a servant to a friend. You're a friend of God. We're friends of God, okay? And that's gonna become a reality in, in our lives. How many of you are excited about that? So let's get this finished strong this year and, uh, and praise God. And if you need to write down a new number and drop that in, those buckets or the, the, the boxes are there on your way out. All right, we have with us one of our newest staff members, a famous linebacker from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He reminds me of that like every other day, how good he was, how they've never been the same since he left the team. But I wanna tell you that more than all of that, uh, Pastor Brian Schwartz, he's just a genuine, awesome, incredible man of God with a powerful anointing. And uh, he's got a great family, his wife Diane and seven, seven kids. And uh, yes, so he's, he's exercising that priesthood authority in his, in his home on a regular basis. But uh, come on, church, I want you to give the best welcome you can. Let's welcome Pastor Brian. Come on up, Brian. Awesome, man. Just remain standing, let's pray real quick. And uh, Father, we just uh, honor you this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and just encounter us. Uh, in, a, in a new dimension. We thank you for your, your grace. We thank you for that, what was prayed over us, your countenance being upon us uh, this morning. But Lord, I'm asking for uh, an encounter with you, Lord, that would transform us, that we would leave completely differently. God, you'd change our minds about some things and you'd also give us the courage to, to go forward in a whole new dimension. So Lord, we offer ourselves to you this morning. We do come into agreement that we are a living sacrifice uh, that has been set apart by you and for you. And so we just ask you have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. So good to see you guys this morning. Um, I want to just jump right in and, and tell you about an encounter I had at the beginning of November of, of this year. November 1st, I was driving to Greenville, South Carolina. And after driving about five and a half hours, I uh, checked into my hotel. And when I put my key uh, up to the door and I opened the door, and when I walked in my hotel room at the Embassy Suites, um, my mouth began to go numb. And I'm not trying to be mystical or spooky. These are things that have happened to me in the past. And usually when my mouth goes numb, that means that the Lord actually, he wants to actually give me a word. Does that make sense? And now I want to frame this. I don't, that doesn't happen every day. You know, sometimes you hear us say we heard God or this or that. It was a moment where I just understood that I needed to just sit down on that couch in that room and just take a moment to listen. And as I began to listen in, and Pastor Stovall alluded to it a moment ago, Jesus said to his disciples on the night he was being betrayed, he looked at his disciples and says, I no longer call you slaves or servants. He says, I call you friends. And that's the goal of all of this, is to become better friends with Jesus, isn't it? 
Because he says, the friend knows what the master's up to. How many of you wanna know what the master's actually up to? Like, what's he doing in this hour? And so I've learned over the course of time following Jesus that when you have these moments where you know you're just supposed to sit and listen, just sit and listen for a moment. And you'd be shocked at how he, he fills your mind and your heart with his thoughts and his truth and his ways. And so as I sat there, he began to download this word for the end of 2017, moving into 2018. And you'll never guess what the word was. You've heard it already this morning. The word was this end of the year and into this next year is gonna be the year of follow through. Now, I've not heard many messages preached about following through on what God has actually promised. But this is the season where God wants to back us. And that's the title of this message. I got your back. I found when the Lord has my back, it's easier to move forward. <laughs> and this is the hour when God wants you to know and be assured if you will commit to moving forward, he'll take care of everything behind you. There's sometimes God will lead you into the promise, but there's sometimes he will actually push you into it. And this is the season where God wants to actually give you a little, poo, a little, a little push, a little push to launch you into this promise that's over your life individually, but there's something over our lives corporately. God is making a people right now. Have you felt that? Have you understood that, what he's doing right now? He's creating a people, an ecclesia, to come into this region. I'm grateful I've got a pastor that demands excellence, that demands obedience. Because we know that King Saul, you remember him? The prophet approached him and said, to obey is better than to sacrifice. And this is the season where following through is everything. So as he began to, the Lord began to minister to me, uh, he began to show me that he was gonna send resources in this season to help us follow through. There's gonna be angelic ministering spirits that will come alongside. There's nothing mystical about angels. Go read Psalm 103. In the latter part of the chapter, it says the angels of God are actually sent to perform and do his word. The church is supposed to give voice to his word, and then the angels actually perform that word. How many know we need air support? We're the, we're the ground force, they're the air force. And we need both in this season. And he began to show me John chapter four. We're gonna, we're gonna look at that scripture here uh, just for a few moments. John chapter four. We're gonna pick it up in the scriptures here. He should be right there for you. Now Jesus had just come off a long, exhausting journey. The Bible says he was wearied from his journey. He was exhausted. Now we know about this encounter in John four. He had this encounter with the woman at the well. I'm not gonna focus on that. But through this encounter, the disciples had gone away because they were on a long journey. The disciples went away to get some food, to get some nourishment, okay? And they come back and they marveled that Jesus had actually ministered to this woman because that was not normal for a, a Jewish rabbi to minister to a Samaritan woman. We don't have time to go into that. They were marveling at that. And then they began to approach Jesus and in the meantime, his disciples urged Jesus saying, Rabbi, eat. And Jesus said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. How many of you wanna know what that food is? 
Now there's something that happened. Obviously, they looked at him in this moment and he makes this statement. There's something about Jesus that changed from the moment they left to the moment they came back. Isn't there? And here's what he says. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And I'm gonna be straight up with you. I've read this passage many times. This was the first time I noticed this part. And to actually finish his work. I want to just submit to you all this morning that a part of your spiritual nourishment, how many of you ever felt spiritually hungry? You've been a little bit dry or thirsty in the spirit, you know, in the spiritual. I pastored for years, and I'll tell you, sometimes people would come and meet with me, and they would say things like, when they came from like different churches, they would say, man, I'm just not getting fed over there. How many of you ever felt that before in your life? Just be honest. Not, not here, of course. But you felt in your time, I'm just not getting, not here. But you felt that, like, I'm just not getting fed. And, and, and I would always go come back to them and go, well, part of your being nourished is actually you doing what God told you to do through these people that were preaching to you. And if you don't freely give away what you've been given, you get malnourished. The key to the kingdom is what you, you only get to keep what you give away. Jesus said, he who has, you gotta give that, you'll get more. But if you withhold, you lose what you got. The kingdom works differently than the earthly realm. Have you noticed that? And so what God wants to do is position us and empower us as a people to set us up through the end of this year to clear these accounts that Pastor Stovall talked about. Let's do business in the purest sense. Let's clear accounts. That word finish means to actually pay all debts in the Greek. And Jesus said, I have a food. There's something, I don't need this natural bread. What gets me nourished is when I give out, when I just do what the Father said to do and minister to the people the Father said to minister to. But not only do that, but to actually commit to finishing what he gave me to do. And so I'm having this moment, my mouth is numb. I'm sitting there and the first person God's dealing with is guess who, me. And he was dealing with these moments, I looked, he began to show me these moments in my past that I had unresolved, unfinished things that I had committed to sincerely. Here's the amazing thing, you can sincerely commit to something and not follow through on it. And what God wants to do is get the church out of good intention mode. Because good intentions fool you into the fact that you've changed and good intention isn't change. Edwin Lewis Cole, he's, he's dead now, but he had this one statement. I was reading this book one time called Maximized Manhood. That's quite a, uh, quite a title. How many of you men want to have maximized manhood? It's not a bad thing to aim for. Now, some of you watch your minds now. I can feel that. 
Holy Spirit, come back. Okay. Um, but he made this statement. He said, change is not change until it's change. Then in John chapter 19, when Jesus is dying on the cross, aren't you so glad for this statement he made? He, he said, I thirst. In John 19, 28, he said, that says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said this, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they were filled a sponge with sour wine. And verse 30, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, aren't you glad he drank the sour wine for you? It says when he drank the sour wine, he said, it is it's finished. Aren't you so glad that Jesus finished what he started? John 14, 12, Jesus looked at his disciples when he was still alive. He looked at them and made a startling statement. He said, the things that I do, you will do. And he said, even greater things than these you shall do. And so that tells me that if he can finish, that's one of his works, then guess who else can finish? We can finish. And we can finish strong. Exodus 14, during this encounter I'm having with the Lord, he brought up Exodus 14 and began to show me how the Israelites, how what God had done in Egypt was full-on war. All the plagues, what God did in a moment of time was defeat all the inferior gods. In one moment, he defeated the god, Pharaoh, who was considered a god-man. He defeated all these gods. He got back honor from Pharaoh, took that honor, stripped Pharaoh of honor. Does that sound like somebody else? Jesus took what Colossians 2 says, he stripped the enemy of all of his honor, all of his pomp, all of his circumstance, defeats all the enemy gods, pulls this people out of bondage and captivity, sets them on a course of promise, right? Now, when you've been enslaved for 430-some years, there's a mindset that develops generationally. And so it's a little tough to believe when somebody shows up and says, hey, we're gonna go to a promised land. And so immediately, they're, they're tested with this thought. God's got this promise. God's got us started. But there's this fear, how will we ever finish? And so he pulls them out, and in Exodus 14, 12, the murmuring starts happening. Have you ever had these moments in your own existence when you start doubting the goodness of God? John the Baptist did. John the Baptist is about to get beheaded, sends some of his disciples back to Jesus and says, go, go. Now, this is the same guy that looked at Jesus and said, behold, the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? The same guy now is in prison, about to die. He's doubting that very thing he prophesied. Can I tell you, when I, when I prophesy sometimes, it's usually easier to believe for you than it is for me. I'm just gonna be straight up with you. I love prophesying big things over you. 
but I'm scared to think about it in my own life. Because I know as soon as a word is given, it demands something of the one who received it. I mean, come on, the promises of giving, the promises we see all throughout the scriptures on how to do life well, how to do marriage well, how to do all these things. Well, there's so many promises. But when the promise is released, it requires us, those of us that hear, to rearrange our existence to fit the promise. How many want to inherit the promises of God? No, I'm serious. Am I talking to the right? You actually want to like inherit the promises over your life. Now respond as if your breakthrough depended on it. How many, seriously, respond. You actually want to inherit. Would you, just a quick moment here. Could you greet somebody around you like your breakthrough depended on your greeting? Now you don't have to yell in their ear, that's rude. But you see what I'm saying? What, what, if, what if your breakthrough depended on how you greeted each other? The Bible talks about how you greet each other. What if your actual breakthrough depends upon your response to the promise he gave you? What if when we pray the prayer, Lord, let your heaven come to earth, it actually requires us to rearrange our life to fit when heaven hits? Man, I played for Coach Coughlin. Can I, can I just tell you all something? That dude expected you to finish a play. I've preached before about alignment, assignment, attack. That's all great. But you could be perfectly aligned, know your assignment, and go to attack. But if you miss the tackle, if you don't finish the play, what's it matter if you were lined up right? Welcome to the encouraging closing out word of 2018. <laughs> you know what though, I'm, I'm convinced I see it in my own children. If I lower the expectation, it does them no good. I'm training them in ease and comfort. Your little ones gotta face stuff. They gotta face giants. And so what God does here, the Israelites, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. See, when you start pursuing the kingdom of God, you start getting hit by stuff that stirs up this idea, just be safer and easier to stay in captivity than to risk dying in the wilderness and the fight. And I'm telling y'all, it's better to risk dying in the fight than to stay in Egypt. It just is. It's just better. Better to get your head chopped off in the battlefield than to stay in the comfort. I'm telling you, it just is. How many of y'all are going through some stuff? Good! It's the best, it's the safest place. Risk is the safest place to exist. 
know why heaven responds to, to earthly beings? It's usually with people that are, here I am, Lord. I'll risk it all. The Hanani, right? Here I am. All these things God has been doing, he's, res- he's, he's unbearing these hidden truths. He's giving us these sacred platforms to just throw ourselves into. And all he needs is a group that's willing to move forward. That's all he needs. He doesn't need superstars. He needs those that are willing just to risk. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians. That is a lie. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. See, what happened, God now was re-inheriting a people, so to speak. And so now their enemies are now his enemies. See, when my kids were little, they were always convinced that if, if, if they ran into trouble, their dad could beat up most other dads. <laughs> and I'm just convinced that our dad is just that, he's just that much bigger and that much stronger than, than these little Egyptian pursuers. I love God. I love him so much. Look at this. Moses makes that statement, and and the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? This is the season to stop crying about stuff. I'm not telling you to toughen up, but yet I'm telling you to toughen up. You know, it's that weird dilemma. Because the only place that softness exists in this world I live in is usually in the church. Oh, I'm sorry, am I not? Can I not deal with our soft, cuddly nature at times, our little squishy? We gotta stop being so soft, squishy, and cuddly. Okay. Stop, this is not the season to cry about what you didn't finish, what you haven't done, where you haven't gone. This is not the time to do that. This is the time... This is the key right here. This is the time. He says, stop crying. Tell the children of Israel to what? Just move. This is the season to stop living in comfort. Captivity is comfortable. It's hard to do relationships the Lord with the kingdom way. It's hard to do finances the kingdom way. But I'll tell you this, I've tithed ever since I've been born again. I've seen the 10% that I give. I've seen the 90% he leaves go way further than the 100 could have ever gone. Because the 10% redeems the 90. The 10% makes the 90 go way further than the 100 ever would have gone. That's not just in finance, that's life. Giving your best. Always, if you try to reserve yourself, you try to hold back, it's not gonna go as far as if you just had risked. 
I love this. God said, lift up your rod, stretch your hand out over the sea. He may have been doing this. I don't know. Seriously. He may have done, stretched his hand. You see what I'm saying? See, Moses had an encounter in the burning. The God himself, the person of God, the same God that showed up in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego encounters Moses. Moses decided to turn aside, go check this out. God says, speaks to him. Moses says, here I am. God says, take off your shoes. Moses takes off his shoes, and then God commissions him. And he says, throw down your staff. And he picked it back up, and from that point on, go back and read, it became the rod of God. And this is a picture of a person that will just throw themselves as a living sacrifice on the altar of God every day. He will take something that's ordinary and turn it into something supernatural that when you face the obstacles in your life, you actually can speak to a storm and tell it to be still. How many want to see God take something natural and turn it into something supernatural? Where something common like money becomes uncommon in the hands of God. So the Israelites, they committed to moving forward. I love this response. See, if we will repent of our unfinished business today, God will respond with force. They committed to going forward, and here's his response. The angel of God who went before the camp moved, and he went behind them. And I feel like the Lord showed me this was more of a back-to-back posture. The Israelites were facing forward into their destiny, and Jesus was at their back, back-to-back, looking out over everything that was coming after them. My question for you, would you move forward with courage if you knew Jesus had your past dealt with? What if he really was at your back in this season? What if he really would deal with your enemies in this season? Would you then just commit to move forward instead of playing it safe? Jesus, his whole ministry with his earthly disciples was get training them, bringing them into risk, taking them into risky situations over and over and over to see what was inside of them. 20,000 people need to be fed. He looks at them and goes, you guys give them something to eat. And they pull out their pockets and go, we don't have enough. And he goes, what do you have? God doesn't need what you don't have. Just give him what you do. You see what I'm saying? Stop worrying about what you don't have. See, when you get into fear, when the impossible comes, you get into fear, you freeze your assets. When we get into fear because the impossible shows up, we start manifesting all these inferior mindsets and we start freezing all of our assets. We freeze our time, we start playing it safe, we pull back. And if you would just in those moments cry out to God and go, show me what I can give and just give that. See, that's all they did. Two, two, one little dude that had two fish, five loaves of bread became a hero. And he wasn't even counted. Your story is not done yet. God is rewriting your story. 
Do you believe that? You just need to catch up with the rewrite. You gotta start aligning with what he's written over your life. Your God, when you wake up every day, is not focused on your past. I couldn't imagine my kids coming to breakfast every morning confessing all their sins from the previous day. Starting their prayer time off with confession and repentance. No, 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 no. Just draw near with thanksgiving and praise him. Stop reminding him of stuff he's already forgotten about. Truth is, he's already forgotten. And so in these last few moments, what I wanna do is I wanna just focus in on just clearing some accounts. How many of you have started some stuff in 2017 that you haven't, you know, you just haven't finished it? Lift your hands. Lift them way up high. Stand to your feet. It's probably most of us. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'll ask it this way. How many of you still have those dreams where you, you, you show up to your college or an exam and you miss the test? Do I have those all... And the, the, how many of you have had those? Did you know that's the Holy Spirit? See, in the past I would go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, fear and regret. I rebuke, I bind you, I smite you, I break your power, I break my alliance with you. No, no, no. I've started to now go, man, thank you, Holy Spirit. I've started to use it as a cue. There's something in my conscience I haven't finished something. There's still regret. There's still fear of punishment because of not finishing. What if today you could just put all that on the altar? Like you just throw yourself on the altar with all of your regret of not finishing, not doing stuff, not finishing strong. Here, can I just say, Philippians 1, 6 says, God is faithful. Be confident of this, Paul said. God is faithful to complete what he started. Okay? Here's the first area I wanna go after. How many of you have started things and continued in things that God, you just found out God didn't start it? Lift your hands. God didn't start it. You thought he did, but he didn't start it. Can I just tell you something? God's not required to finish stuff he didn't start. So it'd just be real smart to ask God to deal with the harvest that came from that seed you sowed that wasn't authored by him. So can we all just stand up? I just feel like let's just everybody agree because at some level, uh, most of you that are remain senior are just lying anyway. And so it's okay, I get it. We're in church, you gotta look good. You, you, can't, conf- you can't be openly you know, transparent about something. I'm just messing with you a little bit, but there's some truth there. You know there is. Man, I've started hundreds of books. Then my wife will go behind me and start reading them and she'll see at chapter six, when there's 12, at chapter six, all the highlighting stops. It's because I didn't read another thing. Felt like I got everything I needed in starting. But there's something powerful in your conscience and your countenance of just finishing it. And so Father, we just come as a people right now and we openly confess here today that we have started things that you didn't author And as a consequence, we're dealing with regret, shame, fear, and discouragement. And we're asking right now, come on, just agree with me. We're asking right now that you'd kindly forgive us. We surrender to the kingdom realm. We surrender to your rule. 
And we ask that you'd forgive us for starting things that you didn't want us to start. And would you also begin to pick off and destroy the crop and the harvest that came from this illegitimate thing we started? Would you destroy it and its power over my life right now in the mighty name of Jesus? Amen. The second thing I want to cover just quickly, I want to close it out. This is just closing up the books. Is you know God started something in you, but you you knowingly and willingly at times have just gone back to Egypt. You know what I'm talking about? You just you just didn't have the courage and the stamina, maybe the thought, maybe you didn't realize who was at your back. But can I tell y'all something? 1 John 2, 1 says, my little children, when you sin, you need to know this. He didn't say if, he said when you sin, you need to know you've got an advocate. You've got an advocate with the Father. The Father is a judge at times. And I'm telling you, we're going to the judge this morning and instead of rebuking the accuser, let's just agree. Yeah, we just didn't finish. And let's ask the Father in his judgment over our lives just to render a verdict of not guilty so that we can start moving forward. So you might be here this morning, you've started stuff, you just haven't had the power to finish. Well, the Lord is moving behind us as a people, and we're gonna go in as a people, and we're gonna see a great promised land that's available. So Father, right now, we just openly confess, heads held high, no shame, we have stalled out. There's many in this room you felt like you've stalled out. It's like you ran out of gas mid-journey. Father, just forgive us for stalling out for withholding the things we needed to give, for withholding our time, our finances, our affections, for being stingy in our fears. Lord, would you forgive us right now and would you release heaven over our lives and would you, the one who's faithful to complete what you've started, would you once again, I surrender once again to your promise, your will, your blueprint, and I commit to moving forward. If that's you this morning, lift both hands and say, I commit to moving forward. Just like you did with the Israelites, would you respond in force? All over this room, God, barriers would be broken through, bindings would be loosed, Freedom from captivity would be released and your anointing would lift every burden and break every single yoke. In the name of Jesus. Come on now. Lord, we thank you for your grace. But we thank you right now for the fear of the Lord to be in our midst. I want us to agree to one more thing. Let's just lift our hands to heaven. Father, we agree. See, the Israelites, when they were trapped between the Red Sea and the pursuers, felt like it was a tomb. And in this encounter I had in November, the Lord showed me it was actually a womb, that God was actually giving birth to a people. As they came through the waters, it was a birth. And I believe what some of you thought was a tomb is gonna become a womb. I really do believe that in this season. That's not just lingo. 
you're going to become the birthing place of the kingdom of God, and you're going to see the promises of God manifest yeah. in your family yeah. line, and you're, we're going to see as a people the seed that God's put in us, we're going to bring it to birth, and we're going to nurture it, we're going to grow it, and we're going to see the supernatural promises of God become a reality in our lives, our marriages, and our region. If, that, if you want to agree with me on that, lift your hands to heaven. So, Father, we just surrender as a people to your goodness, to your wholeness, and we declare what once felt like a tomb is actually going to be the womb. I want to be a carrier of the kingdom. Put, conceive inside of me the promises Give me, let me be pregnant with the very promises of the kingdom of heaven. And as we step forward in 2019 and finish out this year, we trust you got our back. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.